Hi, and welcome to the Swede Life Podcast, hosted by me, Jill. The Swede Life Podcast is an anthology of life abroad, the female story, interviewing women from all over the world and telling a uniquely female perspective on the migrant narrative of life in Sweden. In this week's episode of the podcast, I'm talking to Parissa Wocklet, content creator and photographer who's based in Malmo and is challenging the stereotypes of female immigrants with her latest photography project, Femies, Female Immigrant Makers in Sweden. If you'd like to know more about the project, do check out the links that we've posted alongside the podcast and on social media. And if you're loving this podcast so far, please do give us a review on iTunes. Thanks. Hi, Parissa. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks Um, for having me. That's okay. Thank you very much for inviting me into your home. We are currently sat in Parissa's kitchen slash living room. (laughs) Slash entire apartment. I just like saying the scene of what what people are are listening into. Um, And we're sat opposite your incredible sewing machine. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a it is a knitting machine. It's actually. a knitting machine. Yeah, it's it is, and it's really interesting. So you can just uh, make a lot of fabric very quickly, but it's actually not as easy as I thought it would be to make uh, clothing and you know to shape. Uh-huh. It's uh-huh. yeah, it's a complex machine. Yeah, yeah it's incredible. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it myself. Yeah. You know, I always just think knitting. You know, like Granny sitting there with her yeah. two sticks. And, yeah. Shows just how little I know about all of that. Um, anyway, that's an aside. Let's um, introduce you properly. So okay. you are Parissa Walker. Yeah, Walklet. Walklet. God, that's okay. First mistake. Almighty. It's okay. Why do I think? Anyway, it's so similar. What? Tell us about your origin story and yeah. what brought you to Sweden and just yeah your journey. What's the? Um, so yeah, so I was uh, born in the UK. And my mum's English and my dad's from Iran. Um, and I lived there. I lived in London for like the last 10 years uh, before I moved here three years ago. Um, I met a Swedish guy. <laughs> Haven't we all? Yes, exactly. It's either a guy or a girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm one of those that met a Swede and uh-huh. uh, met him in London. And then at that point, I was really tired of London and I, I kind of wanted to get away mm. um so I just suggested to him let's let's move to Sweden together yeah so we did that we moved to Gothenburg at first mm-hmm. uh and then I got a job so I moved to Stockholm for my job mm-hmm. and then I was able to get a personal number and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so and what did what is it that you do uh, I'm a photographer. photographer so when I was in London I was working freelance um mm-hmm. and you've worked with some pretty incredible yeah uh well I was gonna say clients but I don't know I mean yeah they're yeah, clients yeah yeah, uh-huh. yeah I mean uh yeah I've worked with some really interesting famous people um like Danny Dyer uh-huh. uh, which is fun and his daughter actually she's now I think she was in Paradise Hotel or no oh. what is it <laughs> Love Island Love Island oh yeah oh Love Island how can you forget that this is a very famous English show isn't it oh. um yeah and uh, Prince Charles I got the chance to photograph him which uh, it was actually a friend who was given the job and she brought me along with her 
Um, but that was amazing. Um, yeah, all sorts of people like Cherry Healy. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. a fantastic woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, it was it was good time. So you had a really thriving career when you yeah, were yeah. It was it was really growing. It was going well. I had a couple of agents. Um, and then I kind of lost my mojo. I got into a relationship, which wasn't not with the current guy, with my ex-boyfriend. Uh, and it wasn't really a great relationship. And I started to really lose my mojo. Mm. And I think at that point I was thinking, I don't know what I want now. I don't really want to live in England, in London anymore. Mm. Um, you know, I just didn't really know what I was going to do. And then career-wise, things just kind of started to... Mm, go down a little bit dry up a yeah bit. dry up a little bit because I just wasn't as interested um but then anyway the relationship ended and I think I was then working for some companies doing like um contract work photographer mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. retouching and just relevant mm-hmm. jobs but not my own work anymore mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah and then I met the the Swedish guy um and we moved here and I didn't photograph for quite a while whilst I was looking for work. Yeah, so tell me about it, because you said that you got the Prashun number after you got a job. Yeah. So what happened with that? Because that's, an, that's a different story that from what we what we normally, or from what I've heard. Really? Yeah. Oh. I mean, just, just it's, I mean, there's so many variables in everybody else's story that, you know, there's no one right way or wrong way of whatever. But mm. how, what were the circumstances involving that? So when we moved here, I thought it would be easy and he thought it'd be easy to go to Skatavirket and um, say, oh, I'm a freelance photographer. This is, I want to get my personal number now, thanks. Mm. Uh, no. But you're a European citizen? Yeah. Um, so No, why? no, they were, it was 2015. I think it was when a lot of people were coming to Sweden. <sighs> so then they started to get really strict and... They said, no, you can't do that. You have to be a registered business. We don't freelance here like you do in England. Mm -hmm. Um, So you either get a job or you get a business, get a company. Wow. Yeah. So then... you never thought about starting your own Yigit for a talk? No, no. I didn't really know where to start or or really even want to go down that road, take on that kind of responsibility. Mm -hmm. So then we were a bit stuck and thinking oh goodness what do we do but then I was really lucky because I applied I was applying for jobs and I I got one of the first jobs I applied for wow yeah I mean I I didn't struggle at all I just applied and I got it straight away um and she was an American lady that employed hired me and Mm -hmm. interviewed me which I think helped um so it didn't matter that I didn't speak Swedish Mm -hmm. it was fine Mm -hmm. um and then once I'd got my job Mm-hmm. and moved to Stockholm, mm-hmm. went to the tax office. They said yeah. I could have the personal number, but I still couldn't have a bank account. I had to get paid into my boyfriend's bank account until I had the ID card. Oh, right, okay. So I had to wait to do that process first. Wow. So it's, it, I just, it does fascinate me in this journey that I've had of meeting people and interviewing different immigrants and, and the different stories and the ways in which they've come to Sweden. Mm. Every single story is different. Yeah. Every single set of circumstances is completely unique. Mm. And it just makes me realise how lacking in flexibility, in modernisation, in in real life, a lot of these 
rules and regulations that they have in place, mm. you know, mm. they are. I mean, they're just so archaic. Yeah. And it's also weird because I get a lot of my information from the um, English Mums in Sweden Facebook group. Mm. That's where I, that's kind of my where I've uh, got a lot of my information and support and a little mm-hmm. hub where I know I can get mm-hmm. any mm-hmm. answers to any questions mm-hmm. but from what I see on there it's like it's almost like a there's no fluidity with what when and why they give people personal numbers because mm. some people say oh yeah I just went in and I got my personal number mm. and then some people say but I have a job and they still won't give me a personal yeah. number yeah so it's really yeah. difficult to know what, do, do you follow one yeah, exactly. set rule or exactly. do you just uh, decide yeah. I don't I, like that person? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I know, absolutely. Because, I mean, I arrived in... Uh, well, we actually started applying in 2014 mm-hmm. when we were in the UK. Oh, you did? Because oh, um, I was pregnant at the time and we knew that we were moving over. We bought a house, a flat, mm-hmm. rather. Um, and uh, Matthias was... That's the tube. Sorry, everybody, if you can hear it. <laughs> it's like the Tudelbana. Um, the and and but Matthias had sort of we we had already sort of arranged or, or, or agreed that for a set amount of period, a certain amount of time, Matthias had the wherewithal and the means to support me mm-hmm. as his sample, and we had, I think, two or three years worth of proof that we had lived together, um, and in. In British law, that is then seen as common law marriage. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if we can prove to the Swedish authorities that we are, you know, we've lived together in that arrangement, then that means that you, I think it's a, it frees up a little bit more. You know, he is, I am his spouse. He's going to support me. Um, so I had very, I had it was a very smooth transition for me. Okay. So yeah, it it didn't. There was no waiting time or or question marks over my entry into Sweden so I just find it very interesting Mm. hearing about these stories anyway a tangent aside from that but it is interesting and maybe it was as well because it was just before yeah all the immigration yeah exactly uh, before they got strict and that's interesting do you do you do you see yourself as an immigrant or as an expat? An immigrant, yeah, definitely. Yeah. From what I understand, an expat is somebody who is just here temporarily to for, for mm. work. Mm. That's what that's what I believe. Yeah, but I think a lot. I think there's. I think it just depends on your preferences. Yeah, as well. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so, so mm. you you were you moved to Stockholm. Mm-hmm. You were working. Yeah. Um, and then what happened? Um, so then I started working, um, applied for my personal number, had to have like my contract with me. Mm -hmm. Um, they gave it to me really easily then. Um, and yeah, then I was working and just, uh, that was normal life then. Mm -hmm. It was like being Mm -hmm. back in, in England in a way, going to work every Mm -hmm. day. And did you, did you have any kind of, you know, was there any surprises about that life that you had or, or, or challenges that you had about that life that? Not at first. At first it was, at first it was pretty easy and it felt like working in England because I'd worked with uh, international people in my field anyway in fashion. There were a lot of people mm, from everywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but then the, the kind of senior photographer, she went on maternity leave 
Um, and then it was my, they, they didn't hire anybody else. They just decided I'll do everything. Um, and at that point I started to re I started to think, okay, I should probably try and get a pay rise. Mm. Um, and at that point I realized how underpaid I was. Mm. I was underpaid by, it doesn't make sense to say 10,000 more than most of my Wow. My, uh, f- my female counterparts. 10,000 Swedish kroner. Yeah. 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 I was, I didn't realize, I didn't know because I had gone into work so quickly. I didn't really know what average salary was. I didn't know how expensive it was to live in Stockholm. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything. So I was really underprepared and I took a really low salary. And I also didn't know how they, how you're supposed to, um, um, what's the word? <laughs> I've lost the word. Yeah, uh, negotiate salary uh-huh. when you it's not really the same in England for me in my field mm. you're given a salary and you don't really negotiate that mm. mm-hmm. um so I didn't do any of that yeah I realized I was really massively underpaid and I tried to get to the same salary that the senior photographer was was on mm. so since I was taking her mm. responsibilities mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and to, to the job of two photographers and anyway they wouldn't give me that but they did raise my salary a little bit but still you know I wasn't satisfied um and then uh when I got pregnant I was on sick leave for I think it was two weeks maybe more and that was because I'd had three miscarriages previously and I'd worked through all of them so Mm. um they said you know the doctor I had at the time, she was great. (laughs) She said, you should go off work. Do you want to go off work? And I said, yeah, I do. I'm really stressed. Uh, So she sent me off work. And basically, I never went back. They fired me. Oh, my God. (laughs) They fired me. I mean, it's not funny, but it is kind of funny because it was really insane. They fired me um, before I could go back. And they didn't fire me as such. They made the job redundant. Uh So it was both me and the other photographer. She was on maternity leave. I was on sick leave with pregnancy. um, And they made our jobs redundant and said that they were outsourcing the work. Um, So that was it. And because they're not part of the union, Mm. although me and her were, Mm. there was nothing that our unions could do. Mm. Um, So so that was that really. Um, But the issue was, was they tried to not pay me um, my my notice period. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So they, they did have to in the end. But it was, I mean, that's like in a summary uh, what happened towards the end mm-hmm. but it also became more complicated in other ways like with the language barrier mm-hmm. with getting a new boss because we had this American lady mm-hmm. and then we had another boss mm-hmm. and he actually told me I asked him one time would you have hired me if you if it was you that was hiring at the time mm-hmm. being a non-English speaker mm-hmm. and he said no I wouldn't have hired you because I wouldn't have wanted you to feel left out if we were talking in Swedish or yeah so a lot of things like that were coming up and I was becoming more and more irate you know mm. at my pay at things like that mm. you know at little things that <laughs> I think the hormones as well but little things that would annoy me you know such as everyone's talking in the team in Swedish it's an English-speaking company by the way mm. but they would talk in Swedish and then say to me um Parisa what do you think of this this and this 
And I'd say, yeah, but I haven't been involved in the whole conversation. So it's really hard for me to join in mm. and answer your questions. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to kind of. Yeah. So do you think his answer then, his, his, his answer to your question was a valid one? Uh, no, I don't. I mean, that's how he feels. Mm-hmm. But, but you, but you, you did feel left out. Uh, yeah, it's true. I, I did feel left out. Um, in that, in or not maybe not left out, but but f- frustrated that I couldn't. Um, you know that they were asking me to get involved in a conversation when they were, uh, when I wasn't able to understand the first part. Mm-hmm. Um, so he obviously that happened and that's true mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but because it's an english-speaking country uh, <laughs> an english-speaking company mm. and i was hired as an english speaker that there should never have been um the opportunity for me to feel left out yeah. or to yeah. be having to struggle in a yeah team yeah. situation yeah, yeah. so okay. yeah yeah, I mean, and, and I guess that's what led on to what you're doing now. Yeah. So tell. Exactly. So I mean, and this is this is the this is a, a fantastic project that you've created by yourself, um, and it's in celebration of foreign-born women. Yeah. Female working immigrants. Yes. Um, and 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 really instead of. Instead of, you know, boxing them into that category, which so many oftentimes politicians, the media and so on do, you're actually looking at it from a different angle. So mm-hmm, Exactly. Yeah. I mean, when I was um, when the idea came to me, it didn't take, you know, a lot of um, I wasn't planning or thinking, what shall I do? What shall I do? It just kind of came like a light bulb moment one probably one night when I couldn't sleep. Um, <laughs> um but um yeah I suppose what the environment what was around me um at the time was a lot of talk about politics Mm -hmm. in the media um and also from this mum's group I'm in um I could see how a lot of people were saying I've been applying for jobs for this you know this amount of time I have this amount of experience and qualifications but I can't get a job and I was also then seeing women who said um I'm sick of trying to get employed. I want, I've started my own thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that probably sparked something as well. So I felt really inspired by that. Mm-hmm. How, mm. you know, instead of just getting knocked down and uh, letting it get you down, there have been a lot of people here who are really taking that as an opportunity yeah. to launch their own thing, which yeah. is so cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thought, this is the project I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And what I want is for uh, immigrants and Swedes to see this project. Mm. So that, yeah, like you said, it's a different side of the coin. It's mm. not immigrants don't work or, mm. you know, immigrants take all our jobs, whatever mm. they're mm. saying. Mm. It's, oh, look at this, you know, how fascinating this, this thing that this woman is doing. Mm. Um, for example... Um, making toys, making children's toys, um, mm. and then launching a company. Mm. Uh, how interesting! You know mm. these products. This her idea, mm-hmm. and she's able to put this into 
you know, into production. Mm-hmm. And and so tell us, go right back to the start and tell us what the, the name of the project is. It's uh, Female Immigrant Makers in Sweden. Nice. <laughs> Femies, hashtag Femies. Femies, yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yes. Hashtag Femmies. Yeah, uh-huh. it seems to work so well. And what what's the 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 how is it going to take shape? So, um, it is. I am being a little selective now. I thought I would photograph anyone who's interested, but I realised with a ten month old and the whole childcare thing, mm-hmm. um, I just I can't do that. So now, um, you know, what I want is a, a mix of people. Um, anyone who identifies with that title female immigrant makers in Sweden um, anyone who identifies with that um, so I will then look at people who are interested in Mm -hmm. what they do Mm -hmm. um, and try to have a group of uh, people who are um, you know different um, I've lost my word (laughs) So, but it, I think what I meant was it's a it's a, it's going to take the form of a photograph, an exhibition of yes, photographs. Sorry, yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. I know it's difficult sometimes when you, you know you're so involved in it that yeah. you you can't really see. You can't you see can't, it from the yeah, beginning, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, or from a newbie. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah, so it's photographs of mm-hmm. women. Um, so it's a series of photographs which includes portraits mm-hmm. and of the women. Um, doing their process whatever that is yeah. so with the hands working the um <laughs> sorry oh, no it's okay yeah <laughs> uh, yeah with the hands working with the the product um uh-huh. and going to their workspace and being in that environment that's so cool um and then yeah what i hope is to exhibit the um the project mm-hmm. but i don't know how long the project will run for um, because we're moving to Malmö as well, so it's going to be some in Stockholm. And I think that's going... fantastic. Though. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a great way of showing the the multi multi city way of living and life. Exactly, and the good thing about Malmö, from what I hear, what I hear, is that it has a really um, big startup scene. Mm. So I should find a lot of people there. Yeah, they're yeah. doing all sorts of things. I ha- already have some that I'll meet when I'm down there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so then exhibiting the photos um, in a space, uh, in an exhibition space, hopefully. Um, but also, I would like the story to be on blogs or mm. uh, in the newspaper or, you mm. know, to be published in other ways mm-hmm. um, so that everyone can see or yeah. as many people as possible can see. Yeah. So it's really about changing the conversation about around immigrants, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. And particularly female immigrants. Yes, yeah. Exactly, because yeah. there are a lot of stereotypes, and so I think that you know it's always interesting to look mm. at photographs, and always interesting to have your perspective changed a little yeah. bit. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, so it's really important that Swedes see the project too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've seen some of the pictures already, and they're beautiful. Thank you. They're really, really beautiful, and yeah. especially, particularly the ones where you capture them working mm. in their workspaces, in their environments. It, it's. Uh, it's a very intimate port- portraiture of of you know a a working a, you know yeah uh, creative yeah because it's, that's what they are these people are they exactly. are creatives doing regardless of their 
heritage, background, situation in life, whatever, they're creating things. Mm. Um, it's, and it's really interesting to be there with them and listen to how their product emerged into what it is now mm. and, you know, how um, just how interesting it is or how passionate they are about it. And, yeah, so when you see the pictures of them working with the product, that like, you can see the love mm. intertwined yeah. with their hands and the, the, the pieces. Yeah. Exactly. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, I mean, I didn't expect that there would be so much feeling in the photos. Mm-hmm. And and what do you, I, 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 to be more explicit, how do you want this to change people's perspectives? What's the, how do you want people to come away from this, these, you know, if, if it was to be exhibited, when it's to be exhibited, how do you want people to come away feeling um maybe that their perceptions have been challenged maybe from what they've been reading about immigrants in the media a lot mm-hmm. that that you know maybe they have started to believe or they do believe certain negative um messages yes and things, yeah. yeah um so that they yeah so they have feel differently mm. they, their minds have been changed mm. mm-hmm. um or that they are just interested further in, in mm-hmm. you know, seeing immigrants in a different way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a fantastic way of reaching people who may not, on an everyday basis, get to meet individuals like that. Exactly. Particularly when the media right now is filled with portrayals of, um, immigrants and immigrant men, mm-hmm. which is the dominating, you know. And when I say immigrants, you know, what I really mean is, uh, you know, the the so called the, the so called the bad immigrant. Yes, you know, yeah. the stereotype of the bad immigrant. Mm. Um, and um, and and there's just no representation of, you know, foreign born women. Yeah, that's the that's the sad thing about. Yeah. Um, and and I think you know, in, in any institutional um, setting or or so on and so forth that I've come across, when when foreign born, the only time that foreign born women are ever talked about is um, is well, okay. Well, well, let's make sure that they can get a job, whether it's cooking, cleaning, or or caring for elderly. Yeah, exactly. And that's it. That's, and it kind of blows my mind that yeah. that's the that's it. That's the underlying way that foreign born women can get a job here. Yeah. And that's that was in my mind. Um, I suppose it, I find it a bit. I don't know if to talk about it because I know it. Well, it is offensive. Um, yeah, that I saw that immigrant females are categorised into work-wise cleaners, carers, um, child childcare, mm. or elderly care, um, and that's not. That's it's not, not a the true whole story. story. Yeah, no, yeah, it's exactly. not, isn't it? Yeah, and and, and even though, and I'm, I, I don't want to like I'm I'm not. We we before we sat down and started recording, we both were like, this is not going to be about Swedish Sweden bashing at all. because yes. <laughs> Sweden's a wonderful place. Yeah, and we a, don't feel that. No, we don't feel that way about it. But I no. think some of the representations that are given, especially by Swedish media. Mm. And right now, unfortunately, by politicians because of the current... I mean, we're recording this in on August the 24th. So there's no, another f- 
God, there's only like two weeks until yeah. the election takes place. So, so there's a lot of yes. campaigning happening right there at the moment. And there are a and lot of feelings right a, now. Yeah, and you're right. It's a, there's a lot of feelings, um, mixed feelings out there about the rhetoric that's being used and how people are are, are being talked about. Um, mm. uh, and, um, and I think, yeah, there, there's a lot to be said for the way that people are being represented. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, um, but by but not not by the general public, but by yeah. the media. Media and, exactly, but and, that influences yeah, people. Of course. Um, and I think it's really important when you said, um, you know, there is a. We have to um, be honest that there's the story of the bad immigrants, and then you know the okay immigrants. Yeah. Um, so in my um, project, I really want to make sure I'm representing. Uh, people from marginalized groups that's really so when I'm being selective with who I'm photographing I want to make sure I have a mixture of people I don't want to just have the white immigrant privileged yes exactly I think it's you know I don't want to make it look like I'm victimizing white privileged people yeah if that makes sense well they can't be victimized so you're okay not really anyway no exactly so I don't want to make I don't want it to look like I'm doing like a a sob story or anything Mm, like that I mm. want to be really uh realistic with representing people who are struggling yeah and and and, you know it's true you know I am sort of jokingly saying white privileged immigrants can't be victimized um but at the end of the day though um there are uh, as you say, you know, you're the the mums group that you were referring to on 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 Facebook. They're, yeah, you're right. It's full of 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 white privileged women, mm-hmm. um, for the first time in their entire lives, put into a position where they are not as privileged as they thought they were. Yeah, it's so true. And it's it, so true. And it causes outrage. Yeah, because nobody's used to being yeah. in that position. Yeah, yeah. And and I have to admit, I felt the same. Mm. And I don't. And I'm. I am white, but I'm not fully white. But it, you well, know. You I, I, <laughs> okay, that's what I you would call. I should identify as white because I haven't really had, um, you know, uh, barriers in my way. Yeah. Um, but uh, I felt the same when I mm. first got here. Mm. I was mm. outraged. How can? How can I not get? I mean, I did get a job fairly straight away, but how can I not get be given a personal number straight away? Yeah. I'm from England. You know, this is how I felt. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's I'm ashamed to admit that, but I did. I felt like, but everything's been easy for me. Why Why, why, why don't people put things in my way now? Yeah. And uh, obviously, I, I, I'm doing a lot of learning and I'm realising this is how certain people's lives have been forever. Yeah. From the start. From, yeah thousands of years yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. yeah and I think that's it's interesting because um uh I'm referring back to a podcast that a previous episode of the podcast or maybe a future episode of the podcast right now I don't know which where it's going to come in <laughs> but an episode that I recorded quite recently with um Joe from good to go um and we talked a lot about privilege mm. um and, and intersectional feminism and that being a really eye-opening or being an immigrant, for a female immigrant, has opened my eyes mm-hmm. since moving to Sweden. S- same here, so and, much. Um, and 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 I I do I I call myself a 
white privileged immigrant because I am. Mm. Mm. But yet I still feel not privileged, mm. which is an awful thing to say. Mm. And I catch myself going, having the outrage, having mm. the, you know, being outraged on behalf of myself mm. and going, stop, you know, no, stop. This is, you are so privileged. Mm. You can't even see it. And I do the same. But the good thing is, is that we catch ourselves. Yeah. Yep. I think. And that's the moral of the story. Yes. Exactly. Yep. I mean, it doesn't mean that we can be excused for everything. But yeah, I mean, if you can catch yourself. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and have a word with yourself yeah it helps yeah um but tell me more about this project because i i think you know if, if somebody was wanting to get involved in it, mm-hmm. it whether it be part of one of the one of the one of the subjects or to maybe help promote it mm-hmm. or something like that how can they how can they get involved um i i'm doing a lot of work on it on my instagram um so you can go there which Mm -hmm. is at parisa p-a-r-i-s-a um yeah so you can go there and um you can send me a dm Mm -hmm. um i think that would be easier than giving my email address okay which will be too long (laughs) Uh, but yeah if uh, if you don't have instagram um then that's a tricky one that's a tricky one yeah <laughs> then maybe i should um give you my email address and maybe you'll i i can we can link to it on yeah. the on the podcast um uh description that would be that good. would be probably the best thing to do yeah um and uh because i think either people want will want to know more about it mm-hmm. or or they will definitely want to be you know and then we can link my website then, um, which has um, okay. a description and it also has a press release, yeah. um, which I almost forgot about. But yeah, then if you want to read more about it, have a look at the, the website and it's got my um, the press release, which gives quite a lot of information. Yeah, it does. And um, some of the examples of the yes. pictures. And uh, also I had help from uh, some amazing people who actually put that together for me. So I was, I've been really lucky. There have been a lot of women who are in Sweden or not in Sweden um, mm. who have helped me with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, getting like you and Patricia, mm-hmm. um, getting people involved mm-hmm. in, the, in the project. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm really But I think uh, that's lucky. what it's about, isn't it? I mean, we, I, that's the one thing I've learned is that there is a community of people here who are trying to make it better, not just for themselves, but for other people yeah definitely and um uh it's just about finding that right group finding that tribe yeah